Straight from WCHL Studios in Chapel Hill, North Carolina, it's the Sibling Rivalry Sports Show, starring Chris and C.L. Brown. This week, the baller and the shot caller welcome renowned National College basketball writer Andy Katz from Big Ten Network and NCAA.com. Also, coffee talk with the fellas. Okay, so I made that up, coffee talk. But wouldn't that just be a fabu segment? Coffee talk? I'm all verklempt. Take a moment. It's Sibling Rivalry Sports. Okay, okay. All right, CL's out. He's on an executive call. Let me just go over these new slogans while he's out. Okay, let me just test him out here. Sibling Rivalry Sports. Watch it or we will double team fight you. No, no, okay, no, that's that's too that's too violent. Okay, okay. Sibling rivalry sports. You can talk about my brother, but don't talk about our mama. No, that's still 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 violent. No, move away from that violence. Okay, uh Sibling Rivalry Sports. Same birth month, same birth week, same initials, different facial hair. No, that's okay, that's that's weird. Okay, no. Sibling rivalry sports. CL is wrong. No, he he won't. He might not like that. He he won't like that. Sibling rivalry sports. Don't at me. We don't really mean that, but it just sounds cool. Hmm. I like. I'm gonna ask ask CL about that. Okay. What is this? Sibling rivalry sports. Tune in each week where you can hear Chris say, "CL, what's going on, man? He's back in the room. What's going on, CL? What's going on? What's going on, man?" I can't call it. Lots of sports, lots of excitement, though. Yes, a lot to jump into this week, as always, it seems like this time of year. So let's get it cracking. Crack with the big playback. This is the big payback. So we're asking the question. Let me ask you the question. Can North Carolina... Or maybe I should say, will North Carolina play its way into a number one seed for the NCAA tournament? I have a very definitive, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I just, uh, I don't know, CL. I, CL, I, so I would love to say yes. I would love to say yes. Okay. I just, I can't. I can't quite say that, and I don't want to go on the airwaves and the pod waves with a no. Well, I mean, I think that's legitimate. Uh, I, normally, I would love to jump on you for a ride the fence, <laughs> but there are too many variables at this point, because I think they could, if they run the table in, in, of the regular season, beat uh, Duke to, to end the regular season, and... They would basically. I don't think Virginia's going to lose again, so I think it'd be Carolina and Virginia tied for first place in the ACC. Which technically Virginia would be number one seed in the uh, uh, ACC tournament because they won head to head. But and I think was if, that game in Virginia? No, was that was in that, Chapel Hill. That's right. Okay. But I think that would put them on a one seed line right there. But they would still have to close out in the ACC tournament because if they get in the ACC tournament and the reverse happens, and Duke wins the third. You know the 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 third game between if they played again, or if Virginia beat Carolina again in the ACC tournament, and Duke went on to beat Virginia third time. Like there, there are a lot of sliding. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think the, the they tournament would, means that much. 
I think so, because I think you're going to get two number one seeds out of the ACC. Yes. So if it's Duke or Virginia that ends up knocking Carolina off in the ACC tournament, okay. then you would have to give one, one, two of them would probably be ahead of Carolina is how I look at it. Uh, well, okay, so what, two if of, Carolina, both of them are ahead of Carolina right now. Right, right, okay. In terms of seeding. Seeding, yes. yes. So if Carolina wins out and they, they win, oh, I see. If it were a tie with Virginia, Virginia would win the tiebreaker. They'd be number one. So so even if Carolina wins out, there's that tiebreaker that's not in Carolina's favor. Yeah, but that's just for the ACC seeding. Well, what I'm, well, but the, the argument I'm trying to make is if they were number one regular season ACC, that should pour it over regardless of the tournament in my, in my mind. I think it's close enough to where even if they were even okay, let's say Virginia does lose and, and Carolina runs the table and, and Carolina's regular season ACC champ. I still think it's close enough to where yeah, they got to finish it out in the ACC tournament. Oh my gosh! Well, no wonder, <laughs> no no wonder, no wonder Coach Roy does not love the ACC tourney for those for reasons. Well, like I that. think this year is unique though because you got three teams legitimately fighting for number one seats, and and will probably in all likelihood two of them will be crowned as as number one seats. Hmm. So. Um, it's it's not quite as favorable as years past though because the first and second rounds North the the state of North Carolina does not have you know they're not going to be playing in Greensboro or Charlotte or something hmm. they they could play their way into being in Columbia South Carolina for first and second round hmm. which if you're superstitious and and you believe in signs and all that stuff the 2017 national title run started in greenville south carolina so you could have that parallel going for you but um (laughs) but other than that it you know and and that's a easy drive from charlotte a relatively easy drive anywhere in north carolina down to columbia but it's still it's not the same as playing in state Question, CL. If Carolina, okay, now, now just listening to you and thinking some more, I, I am going to say this. I believe that Carolina will beat Duke in Chapel Hill. Now, I do believe that. And so then it's like, okay, there are two other games other than that, yes? Uh, that Carolina has. Oh, yes, yes. Clemson on Saturday and at Boston College on uh, Tuesday the 5th, March 5th. Yeah, winnable. Okay, well, let, let's just say that Carolina. Let's say I Carol- think I think that Clemson game might be trickier than it appears on paper. At Clemson, yes. Okay, Clemson is definitely trying to fight. Uh, they might be a bubble team right now. You know, they they need it. Like mm-hmm. they <laughs> they're going to be hungry for it. So that's that's going to be a key game. Okay, well, let's say, though, let's say that Carolina winds up at least tied for first regular season. Let's say that happens. Okay, CL. And then they get into the ACC tourney and stumble somehow. CL, will they still get love regionally? Will they still get love with their seeding, do you think? Oh, I mean, you mean with where they're placed? Yes. Well, it kind of depends on... The other teams out there, like, okay, obviously Duke and Virginia, under that scenario, Duke and Virginia would take priority over Carolina. Uh, I'm assuming Kentucky probably will take, will take, uh, uh, they'll, they'll be seated 
get a priority seeding. They could be a number one seed. Tennessee could also be a number two seed. Wow. That's, yeah, but that's they have when priority? Well, no, 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 no. I'm saying Tennessee, that's when you start looking at who you'll be competing with. Okay, like, okay gotcha. So, so the three teams under that scenario that would clearly, in my mind, be above Carolina would be Kentucky, Virginia, Duke. Okay. And so that might be enough to push them out of some kind of regional favoritism uh, in terms of that bracket seating. All right, then, Sia, one more question then. How about this? That tie scenario again, all right? Tie scenario to, uh, top the ACC standings, Virginia, Carolina, which Virginia wins a tiebreaker. Mm-hmm. Then Virginia just sweeps through the ACC tournament. So that means neither Duke nor Carolina win the ACC tournament. At that point, do you think it's still possible for Carolina Ooh. to have a one? Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that's a great question. That's a great question. Because Virginia um, is super consistent, so I could see that happening in the tourney. Yeah, man. <laughs> but then again, they can't beat Duke this season. True. Um, well, I mean, Duke has, because uh, Duke's wins beating Kentucky, and, and I'm talking non conference wins, beating Kentucky. Uh, the Auburn win probably doesn't look as good as it did at the time. Indiana win probably doesn't look as good as it did at the time. Texas Tech win is still holding up strong um, compared to Carolina's non-conference wins. Uh, you know, Gonzaga, UCLA isn't, you know, what we might have thought it would have been. <laughs> um Surprisingly, Wofford uh, it played its way into being a quad one win. That's that's actually a good good win for them. True. But but still, I don't know. That'll be that could be a coin flip, man. That's that's tight. You could see you could see an argument either way in that scenario, and it might just come down to head to head if Carolina sweeps Duke in a regular season. And there you go. Oh, okay, interesting. If they split, then it's still back to, I don't know, it might be Duke just because Duke has been ahead of them. Well, you know what? And this is probably typical Carolina fan base, but I would say if Carolina loses that last regular season game to Duke, which, again, I don't think they will, but if they did, I think their tournament chances shoot up through the roof. We got plenty of time to debate that regular season finale, but why why you think? Why are you so sure they're going to win at home? Oh, because they have every reason to CLC. You know, the whole asterisk Doesn't argument. Duke? The, well, okay, yeah, so Duke has reason as well to come in and play hard, but not more reason, I think, than Carolina, who's very much been erased from the national debate because of the asterisk win that happened in Cameron. You know, I, I think a lot of people, oh, you know, Zion wasn't playing. So, and so, you know, I, I think right now they're like, bring everybody to our gym and we're going to show you who we are. Well, it's funny you say a race from the national debate. Carolina is number five in the AP poll. That's not a race from the national debate. Right, the That's poll. But you know, true, but aren't a lot of folks saying that whole thing about, well, there's, I mean, where would I even gotten the title asterisk win? People are saying that, but, but also, though, 
Duke comes back in, let's say Duke comes back in with Zion for for the regular season finale, having been beaten by 16 on their home floor by Carolina, don't you think they'll be motivated to be like, look, we're at full strength now. We're going to see about that. CL, it is as I tweeted. <laughs> it is as I tweeted. That's a phrase we never would have said. It's as I tweeted. I believe that the, the motif nationally on the national level will be Zion's revenge. But Zion has never played in Chapel Hill in this gym. When the crowd is fired up, we'll see whose revenge it is, baby. Let's see if uh, let's see if 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 Andy Katz still wants to join us after that rowdy uh, rendition. There, yes, you heard me right, folks. Andy Katz from Big Ten Network, NCAA.com. The man, the Andy Katz, is going to be here on Sibling Rivalry Sports right after the break. So stay with us here on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports Show on 97.9 The Hill. If you followed college basketball for the past 20-something years, you've probably received your news from our next guest at some point in time. Andy Katz, my man, now with the Big Ten Network, with uh, NCAA.com, the host of the March Madness 365 podcast. Welcome, welcome Welcome, to the show, Andy. Well, thank you. I know you're dating me, but it's been multiple seconds. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. That just means survive. you're veteran. Five in advance. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, we want to jump right into it with with our locals, uh, North Carolina, to to start it off. I saw that you had Carolina ranked number four ahead of Duke in your Power 36 poll that you release on NCAA.com. Uh, can you explain yourself, Cats? Duke Duke is supposed to be in front of the Tar Heels right now, aren't they? All right, so here's the thing, and I want you left, your listeners, and I keep hammering this, okay? <laughs> the rankings and the polls are different than the seeds. Mm-hmm. So, for example, this afternoon, my next bracket will be on NCAA.com and March Madness, and in the bracket, I have Duke as a one seed. I have North Carolina as a two seed because their body of work, the catchphrase, is much better. They've got better wins. Um, but in, to me, at least the way I do it, the Power 36 or rankings, whenever I did it, it's a snapshot of who is playing well at that time. And Carolina beat Duke. I don't care if Zion wasn't playing. They beat them. So that's why I ranked them ahead of them at that time. I wouldn't seed them ahead of them, nor do I think that they will eclipse them in seeding. But... That's the justification for reversing the uh, the seed the, the rankings. Excuse me, almost did it myself uh, <laughs> with with Duke and Carolina. Yes. Now I, I'm curious. So if Carolina wins out, which would include beating Duke uh, in the regular season finale, would they? Do, do you feel like Carolina has a shot at getting on the one seed line? And and will does Duke have a, any chance? You know, do you see any circumstance where Duke falls off that one line? So it's interesting because right now I've got Gonzaga, Duke, Virginia, and Kentucky uh, replacing Tennessee on the one line. And I would say of the four, the only one I would be surprised if they knock off the one is Gonzaga because I don't see them losing again. So I think they're going to be safe. So now the other three. Uh, I feel pretty confident that 
there will be two ACC schools on the one line. Yeah. Will it be Duke, Virginia, Duke, Carolina, Virginia, Carolina, some combination? So I don't think there's room for three because they're going to beat each other or some form. But I do think two. So the answer is yes. I think Carolina can get there. Um, the question is, do they knock out Virginia or do they knock out Duke? Uh, depends, I guess, who they beat along the way and what happens in the ACC tournament. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. So who do you see? Do you who, agree with that? Oh, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I, th- I think that Carolina could play their way in, and I definitely don't think that this is a year where it would be three ACC number one seeds. Has that, has that ever happened before for a conference? Did the Big East do that before? Yeah, I, I have a feeling the year Louisville, I don't know, I see it. We may want to check that, but I thought the year Louisville, I don't know if that was 2013, I feel like they might have had three that year. Yeah, um, I can't. Or, I don't know. I, I, I thought there was one year, I don't know why Louisville was in my head, maybe because he used to work there, but <laughs> <laughs> that's the year that, that they had, they were a one, that there might have been three from that league. Yeah, that, that'll be some, some homework for our listeners <laughs> to figure that out. <laughs> well, uh, who do you see right now? Who do you feel like is a team that's kind of rising with a bullet right now? Who, who, who are you, like, looking at as, okay, this, they got a lot of momentum going right now? Well, outside of Kentucky and Carolina, um, the one that, you know, I just don't think is getting any attention, and they'll get a little more because ESPN's bringing their game data this weekend, but it's Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, they're really good, you know, and, and they defend, and they've got experienced guys, and they were a heroic shot by Jordan Poole away from who knows how far they could have gone last yeah, year. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. And they've only lost one game since then, and that was at Temple in a late possession. But, uh, I, you know, I was at their practice when they were playing UConn. I didn't get to the game, but I watched them, and I just think they're getting way undervalued. Now, I have them as a three seed, and I think they'll probably be a three. But, um, you know, they got the goods that they could go really far. Yeah, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see that. Um, Kelvin Simpson's done a great job down there. One one team that might be headed in the opposite direction that that had been playing well for a while, Tennessee. Do you still see them as a national con- title contender after getting pummeled at Kentucky? Uh, they lose in overtime to LSU. Uh, what, how, how do you see them right now? No, I yeah, I'm not down on them. I mean, literally, they've had one bad game. You know, they lost to Kansas in overtime. The LSU game, you know, crazy atmosphere in Baton Rouge, and they're really good, too, and they lose in overtime. Um, so it was one bad game against Kentucky. Now, if they get rocked again, um, you know, when they host Kentucky this weekend, then that's different. But uh, I actually think that they, you know, that they'll get them. And, um, you know, and then I think the SEC tournament will come down uh, you know, with Kentucky, Tennessee, and LSU, one of those three, uh, not that this is breaking news, but I think one of those three is going to win yeah. and help their seeding. But uh, I'm not down on them at all. I, and I love their experience. I love the way, um, you know, the character in which uh, um, Admiral Schofield and, and Grant Williams have, have led that team and handled it. And, um, you know, I just think their experience is going to do wonders to them in March. Yeah, it's it's funny that Auburn uh, at the beginning of the year we probably would have put Auburn in that <laughs> in that SEC title race too. But uh, as we yeah, seen now I get Auburn as my my team in Dayton. I mean that they've slid. Yeah. Not the team is going the wrong direction. I mean they're like one of the last four in. Yeah. 
Andy, this is Chris. Uh, before I get into a couple of questions about your rather excellently done Power 36 uh, poll and rankings, I wanted to ask you, on your Twitter account, you have, just a kind of a side note here, you have a, a picture of a silhouette, a dude on top of a mountain. I just wanted to give it a guess. that That's you on top of Mount Kilimanjaro. That is that what that is? Actually, that is me on top of Masada. Uh, my son's bar mitzvah was in Israel this August, and we had an unbelievable, like, lifetime memorable moment of hiking Masada at wow. sunrise, uh, where you can see the you know the Dead Sea, you can see Jordan, and it was absolutely epically gorgeous. That's so, awesome. Nice. That's where that one was taken. I was going to say you're on top of Mountain West, but. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's nice. Okay. Hey, um, I, I, I know you've gotten some heat, man. I just wanted to hear a little bit about it, uh, how, how the Maryland fans were uh, giving you a hard time for know, flipping that. What, what was going on with that? Well, the CL can relate to this. Sometimes we do things late at night on a Sunday night. And, <laughs> exactly. You know, I try to double, triple check everything, and I just spaced. I mean, I had just been at Iowa, and uh, I, like, literally just blanked on the Maryland-Iowa game. So I should have put them. And I, like I said to you just now, I mean, I've got, um, you know, in the, in the, in the seating, um, I've got Maryland right now as a four and Iowa as a six. So mm-hmm. um, I've got it right in my seating. I didn't have it right in my ranking. So, you know, you make a mistake and you admit it. <laughs> and, you, and you heard, like, <laughs> immediately from yeah, hundreds of fans. Maryland, and it's so crazy. Like, all the, you know, I did the game the other night, and um, it's so funny how, like, the fan base is, but I, I love the passion, but how they hear things through their own, you know, prism. So I was making the case, and I believe this, with Indiana, and this is all relative to this season. Everyone's, oh, how could a 500 team even have a chance? But, Going into that game, had Indiana beaten Iowa, that would have set up where they played Wisconsin tonight and Michigan State on the weekend. That if they'd beaten, won those three games, that's a lot of yes, I know, but they would have been in a position to be in, even with a very average record, because they'd already beaten Louisville, Marquette, Butler, um, and won at Michigan State. So I was making the case that they had a chance, they had a pulse, you know, and then they lose in overtime. But then all the Iowa fans, all think I had this Indiana bias. Why am I just in love with Indiana? Condolences uh, to Andy because Indiana lost. And um, you know, it's funny. Like I expected the passion to come from the Indiana side. You know, <laughs> I, I, I didn't expect it all to be coming from the Iowa side. Uh, they were just drilling me because uh, they thought I was too pro Indiana. You know, we see that kind of bias around here on t- Tobacco Road, that, that kind of claims of bias of media. I mean, we've seen that for years and years. See, I like to think that I've gotten a little better at that, though. <laughs> I, I think that I've gotten a little bit. Incrementally. Okay, well, that's better enough. Uh, you, know, you know what's interesting, guys, is that nationally, and I have to explain this to people, you guys live it because you're there, you know, people forget that Duke, maybe they forget it's a private school, but its fan base is more national, more global, if you will. And that in the triangle, it, it's, uh, you tell me, I mean, the numbers just absolutely are what, two to one, three to one, four to one, whatever, Carolina, NC State over Duke locally. Mm-hmm. Yes, the perception, I think, nationally that don't know would think, oh, of course there's, you know, tons of Duke fans. But NC State, as we know, is incredibly passionate about their, yeah. about their teams and, yeah. and Carolina, much more so than Duke because Duke's fan base is much more national. Is that, 
Am I reading that right? Yeah, yeah, you're, hit, totally. you're hitting the nail on the head. That, that's why it's funny. Um, the last time, uh, what was it, 2014, when, when the NCAA first and second rounds were in Raleigh and Duke, you know, got to stay at home, it's it's never that big of a deal for them. And that's the year that when they lost to Mercer in the first round. Like, it, it's not like they have some huge home court advantage because they play local. But, uh, hmm. yeah, you hit the nail on the head with that. All right. Well, one more question about about your just really quick about your Power Thirty Six. You, you mentioned how Washington University of Washington has slipped into the AP twenty five, and you have them at twenty four. I wanted to ask you though. It sounded like you already had been checking them out. They're kind of a dark horse out there, but they're doing some good work. Did you have them in your twenty five before? Now, was, was that a team that you considered to be up in that twenty five? You know, before AP finally recognized them. Yeah, I mean, when they were, what were they, 10 and 0, I think, to start the league? Mm-hmm. So at least a couple of weeks ago, I did. Um, you know, they they played a good non conference schedule. They didn't win them, but they went across the country in Newark and played Virginia Tech. They went to Auburn, lost that. And then, you know, they lost at the buzzer at Gonzaga back in December. Mm-hmm. Um, so they played a good schedule. They didn't win them, but they're clearly the best team in the Pac 12. Uh, Mike Hopkins, the former Syracuse assistant, got them defending with the zone. Um, they're an experienced group, uh, but yet no one ever sees them. Uh, so, you know, I think when they get in the tournament, people may be surprised if they end up in the Sweet 16, but they shouldn't be because they certainly have the talent and the way they're playing that's very disruptive uh, to get there. So with the with the new metric that they're at, the, the tournament selection committee is going to be using, the NET, I forgot what it stands for, N-E-T. <laughs> but um, do you feel like, are we going to see, is there a window now for more mid-majors to possibly receive at-large bids this year, especially in light of, as you, as you just alluded to, the Pac-12 outside of Washington is, is not having a banner year. And it, it seems like maybe this would be a good year where some more mid-majors might be able to sneak in. I shouldn't say sneak in. Certainly they, they would have earned a way in, but that they will actually be recognized instead of the committee just uh, shoveling through more Power 5, uh, kind of well, middling well, Power 5 teams. Think, is that the opportunities for these schools, and I know they're mostly November, December, um, are there, and some take advantage and some don't, and so in terms of winning the games. What I think could happen this year that will appear as if they're showing favoritism or you know, looking more at those schools is if they lose in their conference tournaments. I don't see the at-larges, though. That I don't see. Uh, for example, Belmont and Murray State. Okay, Belmont beat Murray State. Belmont beat UCLA, and I know UCLA's not having a great year, but at least they beat someone. Um, Murray State has nothing on its resume that would tell you it's an at-large team, except for John Moran. They don't do that. (laughs) Um, But if Belmont were to lose in the final to Murray, I could see both getting in. Wofford, undefeated in the SoCon, um, just blew out Greensboro, beat Furman. You know, if they get to the final in that position... I can see them getting in, and then the other team. Um, I'm trying to think of another example like that. Uh, you know, Buffalo. Um, Buffalo, for sure, I think will be in, and if they lose, whether it's Bowling Green or Toledo, they'll get in, so they would get two. So that's where I think those other bids will come from. 
rather than multiple bids just right off the bat yeah. from those leagues. Gotcha. So do you have a, a mid-major that's... The one thing I would say, CL, is that in years past, some of those schools wouldn't get in even if they yeah. lost in the final. Yeah. And that, I think, will be the difference this year. I think back to, to King Rice's team at Monmouth that year. Yeah. Uh, they also won at uh, UCLA. And Drexel. Bruiser had a good team. Yeah, man, yeah. And they didn't get in as large. Yeah. So do you have a mid-major that you would pick right now that you feel like could be a potential Cinderella Sweet 16? Um, and let me take Buffalo off the table because I think that's uh, they've kind of proven that they're, uh, they're a legitimate mid-major team. I mean, I guess I would go with Wofford because, you know, with Fletcher Maggie, I mean, he, he can score 30 a game and um, you know certainly you look for a guy you look for a team that's got a big time scorer uh, they defend they've basically handled their entire competition um, you know think of transitive property they beat Furman which beat Villanova <laughs> yeah. um, you know the other one uh, you know that's comparable would maybe be South Dakota State with Mike Dom, uh, Dom because yeah. he can score 30 I mean, to me, you got to look for a team that's got a big-time guy like that who can just take it over, especially if he can get his own shot. Um, now, those guys, maybe not, but, um, you know, at least if, they've got, if they can defend and have ingredients like that, then you think there's a chance they could do it. No doubt, no doubt. Well, our time has unfortunately come to an end here. Uh, Andy Katz, we appreciate you being on with awesome. us. We uh, we feel more enlightened <laughs> as college basketball fans going forward here. Thanks a lot for joining us, Andy. Thank you, Andy. All right. Thanks, guys. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9, The Hill, where we always chill. CL, CL, CL. You've been writing like a, a smart madman recently. Uh, hey, I, I did want to ask you about one recent article about Zion and his <laughs> the Robin to his Batman. I'm sorry. I just, that, that's kind of the way I look <laughs> at it. Uh, his sidekick there. Mike Buckmeyer, that's who you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah. He's uh he's a walk on sophomore. Um and it's it's one of those things that I feel like Zion is kind of he accepts being in the spotlight. Like I don't think he's he's some kind of introvert who's who's, you know, too shy to 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 accept all this attention. He's not that. But I also think he wants to be as in, as inclusive as he can. And that kind of thing, and share the spotlight, if you will. So, hmm. so yeah, Mike, Mike Buckmeyer is a walk-on from Pennsylvania who it, it was just during the course of an interview, just off to the side where his locker is, and Zion was like, "Hey, Mike, come over here," you know, like he included him in whatever the question was asked of Zion, and so. Ever since that game, which was early December, uh, Zion and Mike are sit side by side in the locker room, mm-hmm. and whatever question is thrown out there, Mike has <laughs> he has the green light to chime in as far as Zion yes. is concerned, and he'll kind of play off of that. So it's 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 cool, you know, that Zion is is self aware and self assured to the to the point where he's 
he's basically like, I can make somebody else. I'm pulling somebody else into this orbit with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it, it's it's cool that Mike Buckmeyer just kind of goes along with it. He's yeah. he's also a kid. He's pre-med. Um, his dad is a doctor. I think his mom is a doctor, too. Uh, he, he's got a great temperament about it. So, yes, check that out on theathletic.com backslash college basketball. Um, also, I had a story that I think you'd be interested in uh, on the, the pickup games between Carolina oh, yeah, and yeah. Duke Absolutely. players uh, back in the day, back in the 80s, especially uh, Michael Jordan and Johnny Dawkins were kind of key at spearheading uh, those those games that started. They would come over to Woolen Gym, they'd play in Carmichael, or Carolina guys would go over and play in Cameron and, and Card Gym that's, uh, that's beside Cameron. Uh, it's, it's really interesting, and, and it seems like in retrospect, guys had insight into Jordan's competitiveness even back then. And, and I always think it's interesting when you got guys who obviously are accomplished in at, at whatever level they're playing and look at it and we're like, man, that dude is different from us. <laughs> like, wow. yeah, that's cool, man. <laughs> yeah. Hey, yeah. question. So th- could that thing easily happen today, that type of thing? It could happen, but it's just different now. Like back then, the whole team wasn't even on campus. Some people would be back home for summer jobs or, or whatever else. And that's part of the reason why they started playing each other was just to make sure they had – a competitive games, but ten players, <laughs> uh, you know, on on the court. So uh, that's kind of how to start. Now things are also to me. I think they're a lot more regimented. Like people have their routines down. Uh, coaches want to make sure their guys are doing certain things in terms of what they need to improve and everything like that. So uh, it's 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 a lot more business like nowadays back then it was a lot more informal it was just kind of like right. all right what you doing let's get at it right yeah yeah all right folks check that out on the athletic.com cbb uh also something that i picked up from the athletic.com is uh the well, let's go into football for a minute here um CL, so the you know that I I am you know a fan, an admitted fan of the Alliance of American Football. It is uh, it has definitely won me over. I enjoy watching the games as I predicted. I know. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. But you know what? Uh, I wa- I watch parts of every game. I mean, uh, you know, if I have time and it, it, I just enjoy it, I can't even put my finger on it. But what is going on outside of the gridiron, CL? I mean, uh, things are kind of falling apart here. You hear, you know, you see tweets where players are asking about their paycheck, and then you see that, you know, the the acting um, head of the board is gone, and they had to, you know, we talked about how they had to bring in a a new person and get a new amount, uh, uh, you know, Mr. uh, Dundon. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they had to get that quarter of a mil, uh, two hundred fifty million from him. But now we see that somebody is suing the league for the idea. Says that uh, Ebersaw kind of, kind of didn't give him credit for the idea. And by the way, I don't see how that's going to work at all. I don't see how that's going to work at all. So hope that can go away. But I mean, you know, I just keep seeing things happening with the league uh, on the outskirts. I'm like, what is going on? We're just trying to, <laughs> trying to make it. Well, I think with it with every new venture, 
Um, <laughs> for some reason, Facebook popped into my mind how they were sued early on by the twins at right. Harvard or whatever, you yeah. know. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you could probably look back at the early bit of the NFL or the early bit of the AFL-NFL merger and that kind of stuff. Like, I, I feel like there's always some kind of turmoil with mm-hmm. with a new venture. Mm-hmm. And uh, on one hand, you would think that the way that they rolled everything out, it seemed like they had everything yes. in place yeah. and, and yeah. they were ready to go, which is why I was thinking this could be a successful venture. Um, hopefully, it's just like a little bump in the road right now. It's it's a little jealousy of somebody yeah. seeing the right. league come right. out and, right. and it doing uh, well by, by most accounts early on. And so, uh, you know, hopefully that's all it is. I hope so. So, CL, um, okay, on on the final football front here, I just want to say I have – I'm trying to reconcile, folks, <laughs> the long-term relationship that has gone awry between CL and the <laughs> NFL. It is split. It's an ugly rift. CL will not look back their way. All right, so let me ask you, what about this, CL? 1990, the NFL had awarded – the city of Phoenix, the state of Arizona, a Super Bowl, the 93 Super Bowl, okay? Mm-hmm. But Arizona voted against the Martin Luther King holiday. They, you know, and, and as that process was happening, the NFL said, basically, you guys need to correct that or we will pull the Super Bowl. And by the way, they led the zeitgeist there. They led the way. Then, you know, you saw artists and people starting to pull out of there. Like, yeah, man, what are they doing? And so they... When, when the vote, you know, was clear that it was not going to happen, NFL pulled that Super Bowl and, and sent it to Pasadena. Um, and, and then subsequently they won by like a 64%. They redid and won and got mm-hmm. a Super Bowl later. CL, what about that stand by the NFL in 1990? Uh, I evoke the great legendary coach, Dean Smith, who had a quote I think he was talking talking with uh, John Feinstein back in the day, hmm. and he told him that you should never be proud of doing the right thing. You should just do the right thing. So if if that happened in 1970 as opposed to 1990, then maybe I'd give him more credit for that because at the time that would have been some kind of front running, uh, or, or they would have been thinking uh, ahead of the game, and they would have been taking a progressive step out. But 1990 Arizona, that's <laughs> that was dumb on the state of Arizona to begin with. So that was an easy call for the NFL to make. So no, I don't. I don't. In in retrospect of all of that, that doesn't move me at all. And again, I go back oh, to Dean man. Smith's quote: "Just do the right thing." If they were doing the right thing all along, I'd still be an NFL fan. Oh. Okay, well, I'll I'll keep trying. There's got to be a way to win you back to the NFL. And, folks, we want to win you back. The only way that we're coming back, though, is if you check out uh, the people that put us on the air, our sponsors. Please do that and come on back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. Welcome back to Sibling Rivalry Sports on 97.9 The Hill. And you've come back for a great part of the show. It's time for the Brownout. The Brownout. 
LeBron James says the Lakers are the wrong franchise for players to claim distraction. What other pro sports franchises would make that list? Who's on that big-time list, CL? Well, I started to just say every New York franchise ever because <laughs> it's the media capital of the world. Yeah. And even, especially in today's social media age, the little things can be blown over big. Right. But I will just sum it up with the New York Yankees. Okay. I mean, True. even post-George Steinbrenner, they're still the franchise of drama. True, that's true. Although I think if you're a New York Jet, you don't have to worry about that much attention. I think, uh, you know, also Dallas Cowboys, uh, that was more your idea, I'll admit, but I would agree that Dallas is a a team with a lot of distraction. You better be ready for it. But I got a team that you you might not expect. And it's from the Alliance of American Football, the Orlando <laughs> Apollos. They're the best team. They got the old ball coach down there running the thing. I'm telling you, they're they're a solid, solid organization, and I think they're going to go very far. And that that is a place I lived there for four years. That's a place you can get distracted. They renegades or something. You know what? I I should have said the Raiders too. Um, hmm. Old school, especially, but even now with the way that Gruden came in, getting rid of uh, Khalil Mack and stuff, and then Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. um, and th- their whole you know vagabond status right, right now, we're in between trying to move and you know all that stuff. There's always something with the Raiders. Super astute, CL. They're going to Las Vegas. Hello, yes, absolutely, <laughs> the Raiders, absolutely. Next question. What collegiate programs would you put in that category? All right, so more. What about on the college level, CL? I will have to stay in college hoops and say Kentucky is probably my number one interesting uh, program for dealing with distract. It, I mean, having worked in Louisville, it's it's there's always something going on, man. <laughs> there's always something going on, whether it's whether it should be a mountain or a molehill. It, it's always something going on there. Interesting. Well, you know, going out like, over to college football, I think Bama, Clemson. You know, a lot of these are the distractions can come from right there in your on your home campus. I think just being that star status, Bama, Clemson, Miami. I think Miami has in in and in campus and outside of campus distraction. And I would have to say, University of North Carolina could have those types of distractions. These kids are like Hollywood stars around here too. So I'm just saying. I wouldn't put Carolina football on that list. No, no, I'm sorry, not football. I'm sorry. You know what? I meant basketball. I meant oh. that's what I was meant. Yeah, yeah. Football is coming. The stars are coming. Well, with the with all the drama that happened for the uh, during the NCAA investigation, uh, Carolina qualifies. But I would say, I would say, you know. Historically, I wouldn't put Carolina on that list. Interesting. Next question. Should New England Patriots owner Robert Kraft continue to own an NFL franchise after his arrest on solicitation charges? Well, CL, I I am one who professes to be about forgiveness and and that type of thing. So I I guess I would say, I mean, that's just a horrible look, man. Come on. That is a bad look. But... You know, come on, man. Come right with it and, and, you know, give the guy a chance. If it happens again, though, game over. Well, I think unless something comes out that we don't know right now, then he had more knowledge of what was really going on in terms of the human trafficking side of of that investigation. Mm -hmm. Um, if, If it just... 
was him essentially paying for prostitution, then he should get some kind of fine or disciplinary action and that be that. I don't think he should be stripped of a franchise because of that action. But as you said, also, he'd essentially be on probation. Yes. And uh, another transaction should and could be the end there. Mm -hmm. Last question. The NFL Combine will get cranked up next week. Is too much emphasis placed on what happens in Indianapolis? A lot about the NFL is (laughs) overdone. Too much hype. Um, But I think it can plant seeds. If you're not invited, that could be the motivation you need to show out in your pro day on your campus or whatever or or get in somebody's training camp later. And, uh, you know, I mean, it seems like every great athlete in the NFL, you can look at Tom Brady, you can look at Antonio Brown, late round draft picks or whatever, used slights like that to to achieve greatness. So. You know, I, I don't get too too worked up over the combine results. You know what? I, I don't think it's too hyped up myself. I think uh, the combine is very solid, um, and I think it helps to gauge uh, you know players' abilities and that type of thing. It's not the end all be all though. And as you said, pro days are spectacular. I, you know what? I went to the pro day um, in 2017 where Ryan Switzer was there and uh, Mitch Trubisky and Bug Howard and all the guys and I, I, re- I thoroughly enjoyed that entire and I and I saw guys that were there and it's their job. You know, they're scouts and I'm thinking that would be a great, that would be a great job to have to be able to go to these pro days. So keep your eyes open no matter what. Somebody can sneak up and make it happen. We got to get out of here. So, thank you all for joining us. We've enjoyed it once again. See y'all. Be safe. Have fun. Uh, man, March Madness is on the way. My name is Chris Brown. I'm CL Brown. And this is Sibling, Sibling Rivalry, Rivalry Sports, Sports on 979 The Hill.